Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecallendershow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. All hour. Taking your recommendations for Christmas movies, I have some lists. The best movie, uh, best movies, Christmas movies, but also the highest grossing movies because they're not the same lists. Okay? They're not. Some of these movies that are on the list that have made the most money are not good movies. I do not know why people would pay to see them, but they did. A lot of people did. Obviously, there are a lot of people with really bad taste. So the highest grossing, this is uh, according to ScreenRant.com. The highest grossing, I'm going to start with, the, well, okay, we'll start with 20. We'll do like a countdown. How about that? Number 20. Number 20, The Santa Claus 3. Episode, or, uh, uh, yeah, the, how many do they have now of these? I think they've got a whole series going, don't they? This was from 2006. Now, part of the problem also with this is that and I don't know why. Well, I do. I, I was going to say I don't know why Hollywood always reports the grossing or the, the gross uh, revenue on the movies and, because, and never adjust for inflation. Because obviously, if you have two movies that have come out, you know, 40 years apart, the one that was older... It may have been seen by more people, but would not have generated the amount of money, the same amount of money, because the ticket prices were so much lower back then. The ticket prices now, I think they charge, is it, uh, is it the full arm and the leg, or is it, the, is it half the arm? I forget. It, well, they're way more expensive now. So Santa Claus 3, coming out in 2006, it made... Um, should I just do domestic? I should. Well, no, we'll do worldwide. One hundred eleven million dollars. Um, the Santa Claus trilogy is still one of the most profitable Christmas movie franchises. Um, the third film, The Escape Clause, this one made one hundred eleven million dollars. Um, that was number twenty. Number nineteen. Office Christmas Party. Which I have to acknowledge, it's not made for kids. That's an adult-oriented holiday movie. But it was kind of funny. That was kind of funny. It, yeah, the, the premise is it's the it, it's the uh, the owner dies of like a big corporation. His son is in charge, and they always have the big office Christmas party. And the so there's like I think there are. There's like a brother and a sister. Jennifer Aniston is the sister and the brother. Uh, I forget the guy's name. I think he got into some trouble off screen, but whatever. Um, and so, like, she, like she wants to like cut all the uh, all the expenses of the office party, and he's like, "No, we're going to blow it out." And so there's like the internal fight, and then of course there's the uh, you know hilarity that ensues with the office party. It's a good, it's a decent movie. It's not for kids though. Um, number eighteen. Coming in at $123 million. Last Christmas. I've, I don't think I've ever seen this one. 
I have never seen last Christmas. This is from 2019. So here you go. So like 2019, $123 million. But the Santa Claus 3 made 111 and it's like a decade older. So 13 years older. Yeah. So let me see here. What is this one about? Last Christmas uh, skips out on magic. Santa Adventures, and instead focuses on love with this Christmas rom-com. Um, film follows Amelia Clark's Kate, a Londoner who works as an elf in a Christmas shop, and she meets Henry Golding's Tom and falls for him. Okay. Um, let's see here. Number 17, Jingle All the Way. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. 1996. At $130 million. Uh, that's number 17. Number 16 on the list. A Bad Mom's Christmas. I gotta admit, not for kids also. Kind of funny. Um, $131 million worldwide. Uh, this is the one with Mila Kunis, Katherine Hahn, Kirsten Bell. Or Kristen Bell. Um, number 15. Never seen this one. Arthur Christmas. Is that the, is that the small guy? The first computer-animated movie from Oscar-winning animation studio Aardman Animations revolves around the youngest son of the then-sitting Santa, whose naive love for the season leads him on a heartfelt adventure to get a missed present to its rightful owner before Christmas morning. That might be worth seeing. All right, I'll circle you. I might go check it. What was the other one I hadn't seen ever was uh, mm, Last Christmas. Yeah, I'm going to circle it. I haven't seen it. All right, number 14, I will tell you, this is one of the movies that Christy and I watch every year. I think we actually own the DVD of this, too. Four Christmases. That made $164 million worldwide. This is with Reese Witherspoon and uh, Vince Vaughn, where they both come from uh, divorced parents, and so uh, they always they always leave town. But then they can't, and so now they have to do all four Christmases in one day. Hilarity ensues. Robert Duvall is in it. It's great. Yeah, we, we enjoy it a lot. Um, next up, 13th, The Santa Claus 2. That made $173 million. Uh, that came in eight years after its predecessor. So that's interesting because the Santa Claus, the original Santa Claus, was 1994. Santa Claus 2 was 2002. But the older movie, the older the movie in the trilogy, the more money it made. Um, number 12, The Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Okay, I've never seen that one. That made $174 million. This is a Disney movie. Um it never really transcended its token premise to become anything more meaningful than just a hollow fantasy with some strong performances and high-quality visual effects. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's quite the write-up. <laughs> uh, it was actually a failure for Disney. They spent $120 million creating the film. And they made $174... Well, they made, well, they made $50 million on it. Why would that be a failure? I don't know. Number 11... Daddy's Home 2. Christy and I just saw this movie last week. This is with uh, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. They return with a Christmas setting because Daddy's Home was the original. And it was where Chris Ferrell, or sorry, Wiss, sorry, Will Ferrell, Chris Ferrell used to be the producer. Will Ferrell, 
um, was the uh, the stepdad, and Mark Wahlberg was the biological father, uh, and so uh, Will Ferrell was always intimidated by Mark Wahlberg. They've done a bunch of movies together, and they're usually, I mean, it, they're fun. They're usually, they kind of play the same characters every time, uh, but this was a fun movie. Christy and I enjoyed it, and so Will Ferrell is very uh, intimidated. He's trying to, like, you know, out-dad you know, but he's the stepdad, so he's trying to, like, win over the kids. But that's not a Christmas movie or a Christmas-themed movie. But Daddy's Home 2 is. And this is a sequel. And it was uh, – we, we enjoyed it. So I recommend that, too. Um, number 10 is The Santa Claus, the original Santa, The Santa Claus movie with Tim Allen. Uh, that made $191 million worldwide. If you still have not heard uh, your favorite Christmas movie – Stay tuned. I'm going to give you the rest of the list, the top 10, uh, or I guess the top nine. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply will you be ready when the lights go out everyone has their favorite tunes and stuff obviously but is there a movie that like you have to watch every year christy and i do we watch four christmases but we also watch it's a wonderful life um like and i've been doing that for years i don't know 30 years 25 years uh that's that's like that's tradition now it's officially christmas and uh, i will go in depth on that because it's spoiler alert it is the best christmas movie of all time and it's not even i do not even want to debate it with anybody but i will make my case um i got a message here on twitter from steve he says if you are a trans-siberian orchestra slash sabotage fan or is that sabotage savotage i've never i've never seen the word sabotage the ghosts of christmas eve check out the ghosts of christmas eve by the way any self-respecting metalhead should be a sabotage fan. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too, Steve. I've literally never heard of them. Um, <laughs> but I'm not a metalhead. So that would explain it, I guess. Um, all right. Let's back uh, go back to the list here of the top 20. Is it 20? Am I doing 20? Yeah. Top 20 highest grossing Christmas movies of all time. Number nine. The Holiday from 2006. Came in at $206 million worldwide. Uh, this is with Kate Winslet, uh, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, Jack Black. This was a good movie, I thought. Not for kids. It's a love story kind of thing, you know, but it's, uh, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, maybe I'll, all right, I'm going to circle that one too. Maybe we watch that again. We haven't seen that in a long time. Number eight. In 2003, this movie took in $227 million worldwide, Will Ferrell's Elf. If you like Will Ferrell, this is, like, this is the movie, right? This, I think, this is the one that, like, put him 
on the map, if I recall. Uh, I mean, yes, he came out of SNL, but like this was it, 2003. I didn't know. It was, gosh, 20 years ago. 20 years ago that movie came out. Elf is it follows the story of Buddy the Elf, a human who was raised as an elf by Santa, right? And then he comes down to New York City. He's got James Caan as his dad. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a cute movie. John Favreau was in that one as well. And he was in Four Christmases. So Will Ferrell and John Favreau, both in movies that are the top 20 grossing movies uh, for Christmas movies. Uh, number seven also came out in 2003, but it took in more money, $248 million worldwide, and that was Love Actually. Not for the kids, but apparently, according to Screen Rant, which I don't know how you would even measure this, one of the most devoutly watched Christmas movies to emerge from the 21st century so far. Hugh Grant is in it, a bunch, a lot of other famous people, but it's in Britain. I mean, it's a, it's a good movie. Not for the kids, but it's a good movie. Um, number six, 2004. This one took in $317 million worldwide. The Polar Express. Uh, this is with Tom Hanks, if I recall correctly, playing uh, the guy that got uh, left on the deserted island. I think that's... I kid, I kid, I kid. Um, but it was, wasn't this some sort of like a... Yeah, okay, here. Experimental motion capture adaptation of a children's book. Became a surprise hit. Um, I've never seen it. I think I actually, I think my parents might have given me that DVD for Christmas, but I don't think I've ever watched it. Anyway, uh, number five, A Christmas Carol. Coming out in 2009, this one took in $325 million worldwide. Um, it uses the infamous motion capture technology. Uh, that Polar Express pioneered, although this time the mocap animation was improved. Um, this was a Robert Zemeckis project. Uh, it tells the classic story of the miserly Scrooge as he is visited by the trio of Christmas spirits. Um, do, do, do Jim Carrey played the Scrooge character. I gotta tell you, never seen this either, but... I feel confident in saying that, mainly because I grew up watching, this one was the George C. Scott version of A Christmas Carol. To me, that's that's the only Christmas Carol. like Because it's kind of scary, you know, and George C. Scott is awesome. Anyway, uh, but Jim Carrey is in this. I think he shows up elsewhere in the list. Um, oh, yeah, right here. Number four. <laughs> so he's in he's in the fifth highest grossing Christmas movie, A Christmas Carol. He is, he is also in the fourth highest grossing uh, Christmas movie, which is How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Jim Carrey plays a sulking and reclusive but sympathetic villain of the Grinch. Um, yeah, that one was creepy. I, I still like the original cartoon version, the one that was always on TV every year. Next up, number three... Uh, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, taking in $359 million. Um, I'm not sure. Is this one still available on any of the streaming services? Because it had Donald Trump in it. And I think, didn't they, or didn't they like take it down? They memory hold this movie because 
it, it cast Donald Trump in like a non-Nazi light. <laughs> like, he's not, you're not portraying him evil enough. He's a likable person in this movie. We can't have that, right? I think that's what happened there. Uh, the number two, um, number two highest grossing movie of all time, 1990s Home Alone, the original. $477 million, uh, right, with uh, Macaulay Culkin. He never had to work again after this uh, one role. Oh, that reminds me. Hang on. There was a story I heard yesterday on WBT's newscast about somebody ran the numbers to find out how rich the McAllisters were in that movie. And I thought at the time, I, I was like, well, what, did, wasn't it always understood that they were wealthy? Because they paid for all of these plane tickets for all of their extended family. There's huge family, and they all show up at the house, and they all go on a trip together, right? Like, that's... And they they had, like, the cheap uncle guy that was always complaining about stuff, but they bought everybody's tickets, so I always thought that they were, like, super wealthy. They had a huge house. And also, they obviously could afford to hire a cleaning service regularly because, like, the day after... Kevin, uh, you know, foils the, uh, a spoiler alert here, but the day after he foils the wet bandits, um, the house is immaculate when mom comes home the next morning, right? So, obviously somebody's on call that comes and cleans up the whole house, because I doubt the kid restored the house to its original, you know, status before he, you know, put tar down all of the stairs and stuff. Um, so that's number two. Home Alone. Oh, I have the story. Yeah. 1990, the house was affordable only for the top 1% of Chicago household incomes. Working with the assumption that the McAllisters did not spend more than 30% of their income on housing, which you never should, the economists also determined uh, the home would have been affordable to a household with an income of $305,000 in 1990. That would be the equivalent of 665000 in 2022, in the middle of 2022, a similar house would cost about $2.4 million based on the Zillow estimate for the home alone house. A home of that value would be affordable to a household with an income of $730,000. That's top 1% in the Chicago area. Again, I, I don't know why they need, needed to run the numbers, but I guess we are all more informed for it but i always knew that they were rich anyway the number one number one highest grossing christmas movie of all time 2018 dr seuss's the grinch illumination entertainment mastermind in the production it was clear that commercial success of massive proportions was in the works Critics highlighted the movie's differences from the source material, although the film's visuals and general Christmas spirit were widely considered positive aspects, making many reviews mixed. Its success cannot be argued, though, as it is the highest-grossing movie of all time. Dr. Seuss's... So was this a... Yeah, so this... I guess this was uh Dr. Seuss... That's not the Jim Carrey one. Did they do another one? Of th I, I don't even remember this. They did another... I don't even know this. I'm going to have to circle it. I'm going to have to go find this and watch it, even though my favorite is still the old cartoon. That's not my favorite Christmas movie. My favorite Christmas movie is the best Christmas movie, and it's not even close. N Die Hard is a Christmas movie, 
I would put that in the best trilogy. My must-watch Christmas movie every year is It's a Wonderful Life. Spoiler alert, that is also the number one Christmas film uh, as recommended um, by the uh, to, to, the founder uh, of the film Spectrum. Um, to, 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 he's, uh, he's recently received his... Uh, Masters of Fine Art in Film and Electronic Media from American University. Um, this guy is Jason. Do I don't have his? Oh, Jason Fraley. Um, and he put together the list of the top twenty-five Christmas films and shows of all time. Number twenty-five, Meet Me in St. Louis, is a musical from nineteen forty-four. Number twenty-four, nineteen eighty-eight. Die Hard, the original. It is a Christmas movie. I can I can defend that position too. Number twenty three, Christmas in Connecticut. Never heard of it. Barbara Stanwyck stars as Elizabeth Lane, a writer famous for her Martha Stewart domestic tips. This is from nineteen forty five, Christmas in Connecticut. Number twenty two. Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, 1978. Back when it was good. Uh, number 21, Bad Santa. No. Sorry, no. That's no. No. I do not recommend that movie. It's awful. I hated it. Awful. I'll swap it out with Lethal Weapon. I'm going to write that in right now. Lethal Weapon. Uh, number 20, from 1940, The Shop Around the Corner. Oh, this is interesting. You know it as You've Got Mail. But long before Tom Hanks emailed Meg Ryan, Jimmy Stewart left handwritten notes in post office parcels for Margaret Sullivan. The two play unsuspecting co-workers at Matushchek and Company, a Budapest gift shop run by Frank Morgan a year after The Wizard of Oz. I have to circle that one. I'm a, I, I like Jimmy Stewart, so I'll check it out. Uh, number 19... Best Christmas movie is Mickey's Christmas Carol from 1983. It took 36 years for Scrooge McDuck to get the role he was born to play. <laughs> but there he was, finally, as Ebenezer Scrooge in Mickey's Christmas Carol. That's a great version of it, too. That's a really great version. Uh, number 18, Twas the Night Before Christmas, 1974. Joel Gray stars as the voice of Joshua Trundle a struggling clockmaker assigned to build a special clock tower to win Santa Claus, uh, win him back after an anonymous letter has the town banned from his list. You remember that? Because the Brainiac kid sends the letter, and then Santa's like, I'm not coming to your town. And then he, so the Brainiac kid then has to get the clock back working. I don't want to give it away, but yeah, the clockmaker. Number 17, a Garfield Christmas special from 1987. This was one of those things. My sisters would watch this all the time. I don't even know how many times we watched the Garfield Christmas special, along with Ziggy's. There was a cartoon, like we had to watch them together or something. I don't know. We had it on VCR tape. Yeah, Garfield Christmas with Odie, the uh, the, the dog. Anyway. Uh, number 16, A Muppet Family Christmas. 
I, mean, I don't think I need to say anything more about that. Number 15, Frosty the Snowman from 1969, right? This is the classic. Um, Jimmy Durante, the animation, the animated classic, right? Uh, number 14 is the Santa Claus from 1994 with Tim Allen. Number 13, The Nightmare Before Christmas. I don't think I've ever seen this. I'll circle it. I don't know if I've ever seen The Nightmare Before Christmas. I feel like I should have. That's one of the, that's the Tim Burton stop motion. I know, I I know, I but I I feel like I have, but I don't remember if I have. So I feel like then I should see it. I should go watch it again because I don't remember anything about it. Is that the guy with the scissor hands? No. That's Edward Scissorhands. That's different. Okay, different movie altogether. Okay. Number 12 is Elf from 2003. Number 11, Santa Claus is Coming to Town after landing hits with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Little Drummer Boy, the legendary stop-motion duo Jules Bass and Arthur Rankin Jr. followed up with another Christmas classic narrated by Fred Astaire. Santa Claus is Coming to Town tells the origins of so many Santa traditions, including how he got... His name uh, and the ho 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 left. Uh, number ten, top Christmas movies of all time. Number ten is Home Alone. Number nine, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. We we grew up. We would watch that. I think like almost every year. That might be my mom's favorite. Um, number eight, the nineteen sixty six original of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. The the. The Ron Howard remake is the highest grossing one, but uh, this is the original animated cartoon one. Um, That's number eight. Number seven, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas coming in 1965. We used to watch that one every year. Did you know that he started, uh, Charles Schultz invented the Peanuts in 1950, but it took 15 years before they ever did the Christmas show, so... Number six, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Watch that one every year as a kid. Number five, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I know a lot of people say that that's the movie. That's like, it's not, it's not Christmas time until they watch that one. Number four, White Christmas. Landing one spot ahead of Christmas Vacation is the very film that Chevy Chase references when he says, we're going to have the hap-hap-happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap-danced with Danny Bleepin' K. <laughs> All right? White Christmas. That's number four. Number three is Scrooge. This is the George C. Scott version. No, it's not. That's the 1984 version. Scrooge is the 1951 version. Uh... Wasn't that Alistair somebody or other? Yeah, Al- yeah, yeah, Alistair Sim. Um, and then number two, A Christmas Story. You'll shoot your eye out. That's the number. That's the number two. And number one, It's a Wonderful Life. Now, it is described as a fable of mankind's interconnectedness where each of us is an irremovable cog in a wheel where you can only take that which you have given and where no man is a failure who has friends. We need the darkness to see the light, the lows to feel the high, the despair to feel the inspiration. Um, what better tribute than the fact that Frank Capra and Jimmy Stewart always considered It's a Wonderful Life to be the best film either of them 
ever made. All right, I'll give you a little bit more on the uh, wonderful life, uh, uh, the true wisdom of this movie, and uh, I will urge you to watch it if you haven't. Trading Places, that's uh, from Good Wahoo, that's their favorite Christmas movie, Trading Places. Um, Mark says it's a wonderful life, and uh, uh, Russ says the original cartoon Grinch is a must-watch every year. The Jim Carrey and the newer CGI animated are awful. They stretch out a 30-minute story to an hour plus and only makes it worse. Uh, Michael says, I cannot believe that Batman Returns did not make that list. America has truly fallen. Also, uh, we saw Candy Cane Lane with Eddie Murphy. Uh, uh, that's a good movie. Uh, Christy and I watched that one last night. Uh, the Night Before, that was good, not family-friendly. Lethal Weapon, Catch Me If You Can. He got busted on Christmas. So that, that works, too. That could be a Christmas movie. But the best is It's a Wonderful Life. And the enduring lessons, uh, Matt Lewis wrote about this a decade ago. And it's still true, just like the lessons of uh, It's a Wonderful Life, which, number one, your life has purpose. And your the impact that you have stretches far beyond your small little town. And you have no idea how significantly your life impacts other people. Also, aside from serving others, our lives should be viewed as a gift, a precious gift. Number two. Keeping up with the Joneses is for saps, right? George's ambition to be more than he is creates a lot of his own problems. Um, number three, bad guys don't always get punished, right? Potter, who ends up with the cash, the $8,000, right? He knows that, that that money is basically stolen, but they, they never pin it on him. And at the time, did you know in the 1940s, the Motion Picture Production Code stipulated that criminals had to be punished for their crimes in the movies. But Potter, he wasn't. Number four, don't hire somebody just because they're family. Because let's face it, Uncle Billy was a drunk, right? I mean, he was not a good employee. He lost $8,000 for you. He hung up on your uh, your brother as he was, like, coming into the into town, you know? to celebrate the Congressional Medal of Honor and all of that. I mean, that's it just wasn't, he wasn't a great employee. Um, another lesson, how to deliver a good toast. Lewis says, okay, this one isn't so deep, but it's an important skill. George and Mary deliver a toast to a new homeowner, right? Bread that this house may never know hunger, salt that life may always have flavor, and wine that joy and prosperity may reign forever. Right? It's a simple toast delivered well and that's an important skill uh number five appreciate how blessed you already are right the stuff that does matter family friends and faith right he had lost sight of all of that he always wanted to go travel and build big things and do all of that stuff and he lost sight of what actually mattered in life and that was the people um Number seven, marry the right person. And he, uh, Matt Lewis says, George's mother tells him that Mary is the kind who will help you find your answers. And she was uh, right under his nose all along, of course. Once they do get married, she sticks with him through thick and thin. Romance is merely one of the themes in the film. Um, it's not the dominant theme, as it is in Love Actually. Um, but the romance between Mary and George is deeper. 
And Lewis says, that's because real romantic love transcends the superficial love at first sight baloney that Hollywood is always selling us. And finally, I would add my own. Don't mouth off to strangers in bars unless you want to get punched in the face. All right. You guys kept asking for it, so we give it to you now. Have a great week. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and repining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder remains a new and glorious Fall on your knees Oh, hear the angel voices Oh, night divine Oh, Oh, night divine.